Hey everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Metal and Magic podcast, Reforged. I'm not going to say too much on this end, because I'm sure we are all just ready to blast right off, so let's do it, let's jump right in to episode one. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode one of Metal and Magic Reforged. We're going to go around the table, and we're going to introduce ourselves, uh, just so you know who's here. I'm Matt, as always, and I'll be your omnipotent narrator who has no control over what the fuck happens in this story. Michael, tell us who you are and what you are. Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm a human. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Gurr, and I'm an Aarakocra. I am a rogue. I am... um... Oh, I should also point out, we're all starting at 7th level. Yes. So, um, Gurr is an Aarakocra rogue. What did you do for a living? Uh, I was in the post service. So you worked for the Magical Message Delivery Service. Yeah, yeah. In cars. And, um... Let's see, I got some hand crossbows, so I'm going to be attacking from afar, but sneak attacking still. Pew, pew, pew. All right. Yeah? Um, Sam, introduce yourself, and who are you, and why are you here? Hi, I'm Sam. I'm uh, Matt's cousin. I'm the one who got him into this uh, silly hobby. Um, but uh, I am playing Draw Mechelin, 24th of his name. Uh, he's a uh, hobgoblin fighter, uh, battlemaster. And he's um, loaded with all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, he is a soldier for his for his clan, and he um, and when they're not at war, he is go- he's a mercenary for whoever will take him. He has an undying loyalty to his contract, and he uh, will do his best. All right, Anthony, welcome back. Hello. Who are you playing? Playing Swall still, yeah. Um, until I kill you in about until, five minutes. Until I die and make a new character. Um, but uh, Squall is a Tabaxi Samurai fighter. Um, uh, multi-class Paladin. Um, seventh level. Um, he's, a, uh, he's a part of the Samurai Order uh, under Calm Burning Blade uh, out of Ozengard. Um, originally a part of a... The uh, scout team who inevitably got uh, ambushed and killed, and he is the sole survivor of that uh, team, and is now another team. Currently on the plane of judgment, awaiting his uh, soul severance. And Megan, everyone's gonna be quiet while you speak into the microphone. <laughs> Tell us who you are and why you are. So for for this game, I'm gonna be a Marilis Knox. She's an Eladrin sorcerer with the, the witchcraft bloodline. Mm-hmm. And she is a student at the Arcanium and is going to be talking about how great and wonderful and beautiful that place is because she has no fucking clue of what a shithole it is now. <laughs> it got better. She doesn't know it got better, but she also didn't know it got worse. <laughs> she turned me to a new. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bet. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start. Uh, we begin in the Cathedral of Northholt. We view the battle from a top-down perspective as we see Squall rush up to the Pontiff King and strike out. The Pontiff then reaches out with a rod of some sort. With a simple touch, Squall is surrounded by a blue and purple energy. The energy in a smoke-like form swirls around him. As it rises, he disappears. Uh, then we flash Squall is standing on the Plane of Judgment, standing before Zedris, the goddess of death. 
She just removed your soul from your body, and as you look back, you see your husk of a body lying on the floor. She lifts your soul up and says, let's see how you measure up. With the swipe of her finger, she splits your soul in two. She then places your split soul on each side of a scale. The scale begins to tilt, and after some time, it comes out that both sides are equal. Zedris's faith, uh, face swifts. I can't speak English today. Zedris's face shifts into a slightly puzzled look. She picks up both parts of your soul and merges them back in a flash. She then tosses your soul into your body. Um, you stand up as she begins to speak again. Your soul is equal in the good and the bad deeds you've done in your life. I cannot in good faith place you properly into the aftertimes. I must think on what to do with you, Catman. Sit as I continue, and I will decide your fate soon enough. She points a finger, this long, bony, pointed finger, over to a blank area, and you see this puff of black smoke swirl up as a bench appears. Um, then we flash to a familiar town, the town of Ozengard. The town itself appears to be deserted, windows uh, and shutters closed, businesses' doors shut, as the camera glides through the city towards the largest home in the distance. As we arrive, we go through an open door into the dining room, where our original party sat when they first arrived in Ozengard. The room is in disarray, books are thrown about the room, pages ripped from them lie on the floor, the table itself has cut marks, has been broken to, uh, from what appears to be bladed weapons. As we move into the hallway, we see what appears to be metal and wooden body parts scattered throughout the hallway, leading into one room on the right. We creep slowly down the hallway, um, following the trail of wooden and metal body parts into the open door on the right. We see more blade, wa uh, blade marks on the door frame and the door. A chunk of the door appears to have been sliced clean off and lays at our feet. We look up and we see a battered and bruised dwarf in bright red armor, kneeling down, catching his breath while propping himself up on a katana. He's surrounded by these body parts, heads, and torsos, all made of wood and metal. Um, he gets to his feet, sheaths his katana, and pulls a folded piece of paper out of his armor. He unfolds it once and tosses it in the air. As it quickly unfolds, it starts to take shape. Um, the rigid paper drake unfolds uh, and lands gracefully on the ground besides him. As he looks at it, he says, Ah, Vethos, I'm glad you are unharmed. Obviously, us helping Squall and his friends got back to his enemies. He spoke of this metal and wooden creature who killed my sons and daughter, this wolf. Callum Burning Blade begins to survey the battle scene that was once his bedroom. Yet I see no wolf here, just metal men with wooden skeletons, blades and axes coming out of their arms. This is interesting. We must journey to the Shimmering Grotto and commune with the ancestors. He then just walks out of his home grabs a bag, and begins to pack food and supplies. He heads to the open front door and looks to his side and whistles. Vethos flies up to his side, folds up into a square piece of paper, and, full, and falls into his open palm. He takes the paper and puts it into his pack. As he walks out of his home, he says, 
It appears we must come out of retirement, Vethos. Let us pray we find our way back. We then flash back to the Plane of Judgment. The line has gotten longer. It seems to never end. Squall, you sit for a very long time. You aren't sure how much time passes before Zedrus looks in your direction again. Her face shifts, shifts into the face of your adoptive, adoptive father, Callum. Though she speaks with her own voice. You have some beings back on Kars who still need you. Some who are looking for you. Some who have moved on. Some who still wait for you. You have unfinished business back on the material plane. If I send you back, your actions will determine your place in the aftertimes. Do you wish to return and finish your story? Yes. Yes, yeah. Look, I just have parentheses in the word yes. What if he chose no? Well, no. Then he's gonna sit here until he can create a new fucking character. Um, she looks at you and nods and says, Excellent. However, no one leaves my plane of judgment fully intact. To be truthful, few leave here at all. What's that supposed to mean? The way you will be leaving. Very few have left. I must extract a fee. I have gold. Keep your money. I have no use for it. She picks you up, like, by the nape of your neck, neck with just two, like, huge bony fingers. <laughs> and she looks at your uh, arm. Left or right. She says. What do you mean, left or right? Left or right. Left. Okay. This will do. With a flick of her other finger, your arm severs from your body. Fuck! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! And then in the background, you hear, arms for the armchair, <laughs> limbs for the limb queen! And then, um, an intense jolt of pain uh, goes through your body, followed by nothingness. Uh. She then flips her cloak... Um, and swirling shadows begin to envelop you in wisps of inky blackness. You feel yourself falling, but you must have blacked out because the next thing you know, you are face down in the wet sand of the dancing coast. As you get your bearings, you attempt to hoist yourself up only to find yourself face down in the wetness again as your left arm is no longer there to support you. You, uh, you finally gain your footing and begin walking. And you realize that you are wearing a set of common clothes. You are missing your left arm. You don't have a weapon. You don't have any armor. Not even those cursed boots that were on you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Fuck, I must have got robbed while I was sleeping. So roll me a perception check. Weird ass guy. Damn it. 13 plus perception, you said? Yes. Where is that? I'm, I'm, I haven't played in like eight years. With uh, 17. Uh, yeah. So to your right, you see the faint glow of a city. Um, you figure you can make it there in about an hour if you walk briskly enough. And who knows, now that you're lighter because you don't have an arm, <laughs> who knows what could happen. 
The sky's the limit. Um, literally, don't go past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> don't. That is your limit. I'd <laughs> say so I sit there and like, what the fuck did I do? And just get up and just walk over to the city. All right. So I'm gonna really quick uh, describe what the city looks like. The city is called Silvercrest. You know that, because this is real big over the fucking entryway. <laughs> lights? Mm-hmm. It's in, like, Christmas lights. Cool. Yeah. Um, Christmas is in autumn here. I'm joking. Uh, it's not a thing. As I'm walking up, though, I do, like, check and Less see if I have my gold. You do. So, okay. You have all your money. Okay. Uh, Silvercrest is the definition of a city divided. Half of the population back King Mora, while the other thinks Cedric would be a better option. This is due in part to a swirling rumor mill around town. You hear whispers of Cedric and his people steal babies in the midst of the night and eat them. King Mora uses blood magic to keep himself alive all these years. What the fuck? Um, because, and you would know King Mora is a human, mm-hmm. though he is a thousand years old. Um, bunny ass slippers. Bunny ass bunny. So you hear King Mora keep, uses blood magic to keep himself alive all these years, and blood magic always comes at the cost of a life. Uh, Silvercrest is a city ruled by a council known as the Silver Shield. Uh, the Silver Shield makes the decisions that they feel are in the best interest of the city, uh, protecting them from any dangers they can avoid via diplomacy, litigation, or laws, or from any dangers that can be solved by the de- deployment of the Thundercloud, which is a small contingent of highly trained soldiers led by three r- ranking officers. Um... The uh, three top officers are a group called the Trident, and they are a furbolg named Ernin, a bronze dragonborn female named Ornin, and a male Triton named Nuglus. Uh, together they form the Trident, an elite team within the Thundercloud. Uh, the, tri- the Trident are also three of the six members of the Silver Shield. So that's just a little insight into the city. Um... Your characters would all know this because you fucking are there right now. Mm-hmm. And for one reason or another, you would have this information. Just keeps coming up with conversation. Yeah. Hey, have you, you seen the Trident? <laughs> what you doing today? Oh, I'm just going to talk about the Trident for a while. <laughs> what would you? I'll give it all to you. Um, as you approach Silvercrest, you remember the things you learned from Master Callum about this town. Um, you can hear his voice in your head as you get closer to the city. Silvercrest was built on the dancing coast, flanking the river for natural defenses. Two of their four flanks are shielded by the water. Their main export is fish. (laughs) Hooray. They are a water-born people. They have mastered sailing and fishing like no other. The Silver Shield is never to be trifled with. They take their jobs very seriously and will defend the city to their last breath. As you enter the city, you see a clear divide amongst the citizens of Silvercrest. Flags and banners are flown from almost every house and establishment in the city. Some bear the sun and sword of Glim. Others bear the symbol of Cedric, a black eight-pointed star with a purple skull in the center. Uh, You see all the normal conveniences of the city here. Uh, Blacksmith. Um, As you walk by, the, the sign reads, Iron Inferno, Metalworks by Rob the Human. 
Okay. Uh, there you go. A small bookstore called Run for Cover Books. Um, a modest-sized general store and a small magic shop with a sign that says Wayland's Wonders. There's an inn and tavern called the Stormy Spoon. Uh, so yeah, where are you going? What you doing? Like okay, as I'm walking, I'm I like I like go. I normally I would feel myself like just use my left hand, but I like grab my shoulder and fuck did I get myself into? Uh, so I'm like I'm not tired. No, you're not. I'm not hurt. And the Wayland magic is is where I'm more. Uh, more inclined to go. So you want to walk into Wayland's Wonders? Yes. Alright, um, you enter this small red hut with a black door. Upon entry into Wayland's Wonders, you are astonished to see that the tiny little hut is actually a is actually room, roomy and space, spacious. I can't speak today, y'all. It appears to be much larger upon entry. In the very back, you can see the faint outline of a desk and maybe some kind of person. And almost in an instant, the desk zooms right up in front of you. You see um, a female dwarf. She says, Welcome to Dubba Dubba's. <laughs> I mean, Wayland's Wonders. What you need, love? Uh, come to, to find that I am now missing of all of my stuff. I need something. She looks way. at you. She looks at you and she's like, yeah, it looks like you need a lot. <laughs> you seem to be missing a vital arm. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. I f- shit fuck. <laughs> I don't shit sell fuck. any shit fucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened. And I go on, I tell the story about what happened. Do I remember what happened? Yes, you remember what happened. Uh, um, All of it. Uh, it's like, yeah, that I don't know what the fuck happened, but like, somehow I lost my arm. In the plane of exit, like, like... The death plane? Ju- judgment. The plane of judgment, and like, now I'm here, and I woke up in like with a mouthful of sand and no left arm, so. She, uh, she looks at you, like, bemused and befuddled, and she's like, oh, wait, I forgot to give my disclaimer before you even buy anything. Please note, and she pulls out this little index card, if you wish to use my enchanted objects on someone in town to prove a political point, I will not have it, and if I hear about it, I will fine you and take my items back with interest. She puts the card away. She goes, Now let's talk about your arm. What if that person's me? You're going to use your item, my items on yourself to prove a political point? <laughs> That's fine, as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Like, if you want to be like a Buddhist point. monk and set yourself on fire to, like, uh, protest the Vietnam War or something? That's fine. I throw my hand out like, I'm a paladin for Bruce. Is that bad in this world? No. I tell her, I'm going to listen. You're a paladin of Grund? Of Grund. TN squared, I have my god. <laughs> I have no interest in your political standings. Okay. R.I.P. They won't be used in a political statement in any way. Okay. I need them for myself. So, your arm is, like, completely severed, by the way. There's no nub. It's just, like, it was never there. Um, That's what I was curious about. mm -hmm. No nub. No nub. Does he have a shoulder, then? It's, like, from here... So it's like literally yeah, you, just this. The armpit is the only thing that's Yeah, there. it's just like if your armpit was smooth and went up to the top. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So she, uh... Is she's like, there is just like a little bald spot. You, you know, there's yeah, it, there it's a bald. No, it's hair. You grew, she grew your hair back over where your arm was. Um, she get yourself a peg arm. <laughs> do you have the stats for that arm I gave you? Yes, I do. Okay, so she's gonna pull you over, and she's gonna um pull you up to a table. Like you follow her as her desk navigates through the 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 uh, different aisles. And she pulls you up to this one aisle, and under a sheet, there is this arm. And uh, let me read what it looks like to you. I think I wrote it under Anthony's arm. There it is. <laughs> it's, uh, she says, it's called an Elementec arm. And the description is, this prosthetic arm is infused with energy from the elemental plane of fire. Your unarmed attacks deal 1d4 fire damage. The arm glows with the energy of fire. It casts a bright light for a radius of 15 feet and dim light for another 15 feet. It also adds plus one to your uh, strength score. Pretty cool. Um, so she's like, it's experimental. I can't promise it won't just weigh you down. But if you want it and you want to try it out, I'll lend it to you. Until you decide you want to buy it. How much is the arm? The arm is 2500 She'll Prisma. lend it to you. So, so I, I, have, a, I have a question. Uh-huh. Uh, I told her, I was like, um, I'm a good friend of Malvo's. Um, and I pull I don't, I don't have any more of his cards, don't I? You don't have shit. I don't have anything. Fuck. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a friend of Malvo's, you know, ma- magical emporium. I do mm, the, like you do you do the mm. Yeah, I do the mm, and then like uh, it's a uh, oh, that's a natural. That's a one. That's a one. Um, he goes, I'm a good friend of. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of look at her, and she like snaps in front of your face. You emporium. Malvo's, uh, Malvo's, Malvo's. She's like, I will lend it to you free of cost until you decide to buy it. And I, you take as much time as you want. Honey, I live longer than you, so if you die, it'll make its way back to me anyway. Okay. Now, don't... So how is this going to work? Like, how is that going to be on my, my body? How is that going to go? So, um... She just picks it up. Megan has a question. Oh, what? No. Oh. It's just like Velcro. Just <laughs> yeah, it's a Velcro. She holds it up to where your arm should be in these um, five spikes pop out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and um, she just touches it to where... She touches the spikes to where you're... Like, she's not like slamming it in. <laughs> She touches the spike tips to your uh, area where the shoulder goes, and you just feel them extend into you, and you feel this intense pain, and then they contract, and the 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 arm gets locked into place, and um, it must like connect to your nervous system or something because you can move it completely, like you can move your arm. Um, you assume you might even feel pain through it. <laughs> <laughs> like your arm, take I take it. It's like, can I try something really quick? What is this something? 
And I take my hand, I find a desk, and I slam it against the desk. Uh, well, this your hand leaves a giant hand-shaped scorch mark on the desk, but also it hurts like you slammed your fist into a desk. To take two gold and... Yes, Sorry clean that up with my gold. <laughs> Sorry for the, the desk. Um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to it. I'll be your test subject, I guess. Okay. So, um, she's like, well, do you need anything else? You want to buy something? Um, <laughs> aside from the desk? I mean, um, normally, I'm, I'm more of a uh, more of a natural weapons. Like, not magical. I mean, I already have something magical as I like, raise my hand. I thank her for it. You don't need, like, armor or weapon of any kind? Uh, I, I might need a armor. Yes. Um, I, do I, like, I look at my person, actually. I, like, I stop, and I look at my person. Do I still have the sash of my... Uh, what did the sash do? Was it just a regular it was sash? just a sash. Right? Sure. Okay. Um, okay. So, this, I look at how, like, bright my arm is. It's glowing, it's glowing red right now. Right? <laughs> it sheds bright light for 15 feet. I, like, take the sash off of my arm. I like wrap it. You take it off of your waist. Yes, off of my waist, okay. and I like wrap it across it, and I cover like most of it. I did like I um. You're trying to make the to, light go away. Yeah, I tried okay. to like cover it up a little bit. Um, and I was like, well, would this like hurt a weapon if you had a weapon for me? Because like I don't want to burn it. Wouldn't anything. I, no, it wouldn't hurt. Because what I did to the desk, I burnt the desk. But if I touch a piece of paper. I'm worried if I burnt paper. We just write something really quick. Oh, it's no. on fire! <laughs> no, it was uh, more that you made an attack gesture than it was like if you touch something, it burns. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Okay, I understand now. Well, yeah, um, I need armor. She's like, well, it's getting late and uh, the shops are close- closing. But um, try uh, Iron Inferno Metalworks by Rob the Human. That's the whole title. Yeah. Because I didn't write it correctly and I read it out a lot loud. <laughs> so that's the full title. But he'll be open tomorrow morning. It, until then, you probably need to get a room at uh, Stormy Spoons. Okay. Thank you for your information. I appreciate the arm. I'll, uh... You have, like, that, that like, post box that, you know, one of those fucking magical mail things that the witches do. They throw it inside a portal and it fucking comes out. Yeah, there's a there's an MMDS down the street, but okay. they're also probably closing, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll you send know, you. know, like, banker's hours and shit. I'll send you. I'll send you. Nine to five. If I, if I kill someone with it, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> you okay? Or did you get called? No. Okay. All right. Um. So you head over to the inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting at the inn, or uh, you walk in to the inn and tavern. You see behind the bar a um, female gnome, and she's kind of like running along the bar itself, handing out drinks. <laughs> um, roll perception. Fourteen. For those of you at home, he Anthony'd his dice. I Anthony'd my dice for the first time in eight years. So it was 14? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was a 7. Uh, that was a 7. No, it, well, that was a 7, but it's 11. Okay, I'm sorry. that's fine. What's your passive? 13. That's better. <laughs> um, you see, uh, sitting at the bar itself, a uh, weird, leafy, orange lady. Um, kind of looks like an elf, 
Kind of looks like a pile of leaves. Wearing clothes. It's very hard to describe Eladrin. Um, then you see, sitting in the in the dark corner, much like Aragorn, uh, in, in the first Lord of the Rings movie, um, a hobgoblin of sorts. He's got, like, a bunch of empty bottles in front of him. But he seems fine. Um, you see a human male and an elven male sitting by themselves talking. And then you see, uh, like, this weird eagle dude. <laughs> yeah. And he's got some stuff in front of him. Uh, fish. Probably fish. Walk on um, over to the, um, the, the two... The two, uh... The human and the elf? Yeah. Okay. It's the deal with the, the, the leaf lady. What's this? They look at you and they're like, I'm sorry, who are you? I'm asking a question. So am I. We were having a very nice discussion about tonight's episode of Jeopardy. I'm sorry to interrupt your very important conversation that probably involved freaking wheat and bread. It was Jeopardy. Okay, Jeopardy. Listen, my name's Squall. It's nice to meet her. Pretty sure she's a nice lady. Listen, I need to know how long she's been here. <laughs> We've only been here for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and she was here before we got here. Okay, thank you. And walk away, fucking stupid motherfuckers. And you hear that? What the fuck is this stupid? And Elvish. I speak to an Elvish. I gave him a racial slur. Elvish. Hey, we do not tolerate racial uh, fantasy racism at my table. All right. I'm sorry. Unless, unless it's of half-orcs. Then we call them halfies. <laughs> sorry. Megan doesn't like that. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the people you see. There's that female uh, gnome just running across the bar back and forth, handing out drinks and filling up drinks. Um, <coughs> she's more interesting. She's covered in freaking leaves. She's mm-hmm. orange. He's very a orange. little bit different. But he's not much of a... Of thing, I just assumed that he's like I'm shining my shield at this point. You're shining your shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I shout out how, how you're eating the fish. Like, do you use? I just kind of throw up in the air and go ah. Oh. <laughs> you see that weird bird tongue? <laughs> my. <laughs> Speaking of which, I yell out to the barmaid. Another fish here. <laughs> oh, fish here, fish. I walk over to um, the, the uh, you you see the uh, the lady behind the the lady on the bar. She grabs a fish, and she puts it on a plate, and she just kind of slings it like a frisbee, and it lands softly right on top of your plate. Cool. Um, you walk over to the bar to talk to the Eladrin. Okay, you two role play, do the thing, play the game. <laughs> Why? Are you... I've never seen you before. What exactly are you? I've never seen you before. Oh, this is good. It's always... I've never seen you before either. What the hell are you? Well, I'm I'm a tabaxi. I I live in in jungle environments most of the time, but I'm I'm inside of Silvercrest next to water. It's very uncomfortable for me. You're orange. Why? <laughs> I'm in Eladrin, and currently it it is autumn. Thought you were sick. So, Anthony, roll a... You're rude! <laughs> what cantrip can I use here? While you decide that, hold on. Anthony, roll a history check. When you, when you hear the word... Okay. When you hear the word Eladrin... 
That was a seven. You'd use the heaviest dice possible on my loud-ass table. Then there's, like, padding range. If you use the padding, that's fine. (laughs) But anyway, what was it? It was a seven. Rolling really low. Um... You've heard when you hear the word Eldrin, you you kind of remember um, the goddess Vrush who created elves. Um, she create she every once in a while. It's kind of like Azamar. Every once in a while, Vrush taps a ba- an elf with uh, special powers, power nature powers, and that is where the Eldrin come from. They are these. Chosen by their god type of people. Alright, so, um, really quick, we gotta do some numbers. Um, because we didn't do Megan's spell save DC or spell attack bonus. Fuck. So, let's see. 8 plus a proficiency plus with uh, charisma? Mm hmm. So that's. 11 plus charisma. Yeah, 11 plus 4. 15. And then that's plus four, five, six, seven. seven. Yep. There you go. All right, what are you doing, Megan? Vicious mockery. Oh, oh geez, she's attacking. <laughs> so what kind of saving throw does he have to make? It's wisdom. At least, at least drop an insult on the guy. When you're 16! Him. He succeeds, nothing happens. <laughs> what did you say to him to viciously mock him? Ass. Did you talk about his barbed penis? <laughs> Which is concealed. Okay. <laughs> a tabaxi is never unarmed. They always Jeez. have 1d4 piercing barbed penis damage available. <laughs> I'm going to use uh, mage hands, but the the special one for arcane tricksters. The invisible one? I'm just going to poke him in the back of the shoulder from the other side. <laughs> But it's going to disappear right afterwards. Well, it's invisible anyway. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Arcane Trickster's uh, Mage Hand is invisible. Okay. So, uh, Anthony, you feel like someone... In, in my head, like, Mage Hand is always like a Mickey Mouse glove for some reason <laughs> in my head. So you have this big fucking fat finger, bump, 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 on your shoulder, and when you turn around, there's no one there. And I'm just eating fish. What <laughs> the fuck did you see somebody touch me? Did you see somebody touch me? No, go away. What? Shit. Um, the gnome on the bar slides up to you. She's like, what do you need? Well, I was I was, I was trying to talk to her. But I can't she, help you with that. She, she told me to go away. Did you? Because you I'm a, I was about me. to go away. I was about to when she stopped me. Do you need like a room or like food? I do. I'm not hungry, but I need a room, but I'm not tired either. It's uh, It's two silver. I have five silver. I just I have four actually. I give her two. Okay, you have a room. She hands you a key. Are you gonna offer her a room, like your room? Do you need a room? No, I have my own. Room. Things are things are moving very fast over here. <laughs> nice she hands you a key. It says room one point two B. I walk away. It's like I might want to watch out next time. I know you freaking. Made me try to laugh. I could burn your freaking leaves. No, vicious mockery psychic damage. It's oh, not it? a laugh. It's like, I know you were in my head. Yeah, you're, you're well, wait, wait, is it vicious mockery? Like, you're you know you to cast that spell? Wait, what was the spell that does you're that? You're thinking of ta- Tasha's hideous laughter. Okay, okay, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, vicious mockery is like a bard cantrip, basically. It's a very painful insult. Okay. Yeah. It words hurt. Okay. 
that kind of thing. I thought, I thought it was. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't. Sticks and stones break your bones, and these words. and these words will really hurt. <laughs> I apologize, and I, and I walk away. You should watch out. I'm sorry. <laughs> he walks away. He's a very temperamental kitty. Cute kid. Um, um. Does anyone have anything they want to do? The shops are closing. Another ale. You can stay up all night drinking if you want. Yeah, I'm just eating fish and eating drinking fish. ale and watching this. What are you doing, Megan? Upset because now he's ruined your meal. <laughs> I guess I'm in bed at this point. Okay. Time dwindles down and you all eventually go to sleep. Um, Michael, do you have a house here? Um, I do. Okay. So you're in your house. Yeah. I assume. Uh, Drum, are you staying at the bar, at the inn? Yes. Okay. The other three of you are staying at the inn. So this makes it easy. Um, you see the transition music play and, like, the sun, the, the moon goes down and the sun comes up and it goes, doodly doodly it's a new day! Um, you all survived your first night in Silvercrest. <laughs> Crazy. Um, almost died. <laughs> well, pretty close. <laughs> so, um, are you heading to the blacksmith? To just get your armored weapons. Yeah. Do I see any of them as I walk down? Um, let's see. What are you guys doing? I'll be walking the streets. Walking the street. I Drum. Will, I will also. You'll be out. Miss Knox. Um, I guess I'll go to some of the shops. Okay. Shopping. Um. While the three of you are walking the streets, going shopping, doing normal town shit... Um, you do see the Catman from last night heading over to the uh, Iron Inferno Metalworks by Rob the Human. Ooh, I'll stop him. You're going to stop him? Yeah. What do you do? I'm just going to say, have you found any other weird ladies to try to pick up? <laughs> You're the only this giant eagle dude. I will stand with an earshot. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious because it was very entertaining last night. You, honestly, you're the only weird thing that I've seen in the past 24 hours. Aside from her. Cool. When did Saul oh. get an accent? <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, I've picked up an accent at the after times. I said that for very long. <laughs> it's a weird amalgamation of everything we've kind of heard in this world. <laughs> no, you're literally one of the weirder things that I've seen, yes. Cool. Don't try to pick me up. <laughs> and I'll just walk away. And he flies away. Yeah. Carl! That was loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Sam, you heard that happen. <laughs> you probably saw it. Uh, I see Megan. him fly away. <laughs> <laughs> With his arms and wings. <laughs> and then um, you go to the blacksmith, you see this um, human, you know, hitting metal with a hammer on an anvil. He kind of turns around and he's still hitting the hammer on the anvil and he's like, what you need, boy? Uh, I need to, I need to get out of here, one, <laughs> but, um... Oh, let's not go to Silvercrest. Silly, Silvercrest is a very silly place. Listen, you guys are some weird fucking people. I'm gonna be honest with you. But, honestly, what I need is, uh, some, some armor. I mean, um, more of a heavy, heavy person. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know who Colin Burning Blade is. Um, he, um, I'll roll for that. I'll see. I have to go by, into my dungeon master closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rolled him at 20, so he'll know who that is. Um, um, yeah. He's like, oh, you studied with, uh, with Master Burning Blade. Then I think I know exactly what you need. You need a weapon, too? Yes. 
Okay. I mean, aside from this. Like, do you have any metal that needs to be heated? <laughs> no, I've got a big-ass fire for that. <laughs> he, he, he steps to the left, and you see this big-ass forge. I'm sure my hand can make it make metal a lot hotter than that. I don't but think I don't think it can. It's just one d four metal. One d four. You know, burn burn your arm on the seat belt buckle when oh, you get shit. your car tied. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get a leather car. Yeah, it's like sitting on hot leather seats in the summer in Louisiana. Oh, and when you um, crit, you hit the metal buckle. Yeah. We talked about that recently when I used heat metal as a DM for the first time. Yeah. It was like two points of damage. And I was like, what is what is the equivalent of two points of fire damage from heat metal? And that's what we came up with. Uh, like a Paul Paul's Cadillac. Yeah. Yes. God. Um, okay. So he, he, he rolled really well to know who Master Burning Blade is. So he kind of knows what, you're, what you do and what style you are when it comes to fighting. And he, um, he brings you, first he brings you this, uh, sword. And it, it's in a sheath, but it's katana shaped, much like your original weapon. Um, and when he unsheaths it, let's see if I can get this, nope, oh well, it's fine, I don't need that. <laughs> um, okay. it's at 96%, I don't need the charger anymore. So, he says, uh... Why don't you try this out? And he unsheathes it. And it is a black metal jagged blade. It's very rigid. It's quite... It it doesn't look like a normal smooth, sleek blade. It's very rigid. It's got a lot of like weird spikes that come off of it. You could say it's edgy. It's Yes. (laughs) It's edgy. Yes. And you could be the edgelord that wields it. Probably won't turn into an edgelord. Um, you said you're a gray tabaxi, now you got a black robot arm and a black jagged sword. Yeah, you're pretty damaged. I'm, I'm edgy. Oh, are you going to buy a cloak? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, I'll give you its specs and you can tell me if you want it. It's, uh, it's called the Blackened Blade. It is a, um, it is a katana. It would deal 1d8 or 1d10 slashing damage. It's versatile. And it's also a finesse weapon. So that means you use your dex instead of your strength, if you wish. Okay. Which one's better for you? It's dex, still. Okay. And it's a plus two weapon. So, he puts that down in front of you, and then he goes in the back, and you hear all this jumbling and, like, metal clanking together. Mm-hmm. And he, um, comes out with, like, one of those armor mannequins, and it's got this suit of armor on it. This armor consists of Several parts, all layered plates of treated metal. It's like actual samurai armor. And uh, mechanically, it's uh, your armor class would be 17. However, it's plus 2 armor, so it gives you a total uh, bonus of 19. Okay. So your AC would be 19. How does that... Are those two things you are interested in? Now, what does the armor look like? The armor is uh, red and black. I'm making you as edgy as possible. <laughs> but he, it's actually, it's mostly black. And it's lined in red. Um, it has one of those cool, like, samurai helmets, but you don't have to wear it. And it wouldn't negate from your armor class if you didn't. 
Okay. The shoulders, is there one of them, like, gone? Um, he looks at you with your metal arm, and he's like, it's not connected. You can, you can just not wear that part. It's all pieces and parts that you would wear. Like, it's a glove, and then, like, a big shoulder thing. So those just come on, come off. You don't have to wear them if you don't want to. Yeah, because, like, this is very awkward. I, this is brand new, by the way. He's like, he's like, this is brand new. Punch. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. It's like the kid from Rookie of the Year, that Disney movie. From oh, the, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he tells you he'd give you um, the set for three thousand gold because that sounds like a reasonable number in my head. And it does not plan this out at all. Definitely reasonable. Oh, uh, like, let's. I'm I obviously like. All right, <clears throat> I lost literally all my shit. Mm-hmm. Which I don't have much gold, so I'm a bag. Okay. Uh, that's a little steep for me. Even if it's not. But it's persuasion. Uh, 14 to uh, say, can we bring it down like half the price? All right, well, I rolled an 8, and I don't think he's going to have a plus 6 or better to his persuasion, or to his, uh, you know, opposing roll. So um, he'll drop it. How much did I say it was? 3,000? Yes. He'll drop it to uh, 2,000. He'll drop it by 33%. Repeating, of course. I can do that. 33.33333333. Repeating, of course. Push up glasses. <laughs> Just a <laughs> pocket protector. <laughs> um, He'll give it to you for two grand. Okay. Um, two G's, homie. Okay. I, I slide it over. You have um, any other uh, like throwable weapons which you can throw on top of it? Maybe? I mean, if you want to buy another weapon, I'll tell you the price for it. <laughs> um, he he has like um, throwing stars. You can get ten of them for like uh, what's how much does a dagger cost, Sam? You know the shit off the top of your head. Well, <laughs> throwing stars that depends upon what you would call a throwing star. If it's a I am buying two dagger two or a dart, in your opinion, I don't know. They will really give you a difference. Are they both 1d4? Yes. But just one, give me the cheaper one. has one. slightly longer range. Whatever's cheaper. Um, let's see. Dart, five copper each. Well, a dagger is two gold each, so there's that. All right, so you want you want cheap throwing stars? You want good throwing stars? <laughs> I want good throwing stars. So how much is a dagger? Two gold. Two gold. So they're if he's they're gonna, basically exactly the same stats. If you, um, Except, you know, dagger. These look nicer. Hold. So to you, they're better. <laughs> um, so 2 times 10 is 20 so 20 gold will get you 10 throwing stars they do 1d4 damage I want 20 okay so double Four. the price and double your stock yeah. um, while he's doing that are you guys doing anything specific or are you just going about your daily business well, I realize that I probably should get better hand crossbows before I head out to an adventure if I just happen to go on one. Okay. So, uh, I guess I'll go to the magic place. Okay, so you're going to go to Wayland's Wonders. Uh, Sam, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to be following Megan's character. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> Megan, what are you doing? I was also going to Wayland's Wonders. Everyone else is going to the magic shop. All right, cool. you guys are heading there. Anthony, do you have anything else you would like to buy at this point in time? You can, we can go, we can hand wave, like, normal adventuring gear and get you all that shit later. 
Yeah, no, I'm 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 good. Uh, that's all I need with those two things. Um, okay. Anywhere I can get these like enchanted, maybe like the armor itself. Have you heard of the Arcanium? Yeah, I was there. Okay, um, places like that. It's or... in complete shit. Just so you know, I I heard it got better. No, it got a lot fucking worse. Oh. Don't worry, it's taken care of. I'm oh, fine. I forgot that he doesn't know that like <laughs> things are so much better now. It's fine. It's better. Um, it's better that way, okay? Mom and dad aren't together anymore. It's better that way. It's <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> the alcohol, guys. I've had one beer! It's been seven months. <laughs> um, of course I'm drunk. I've had one whole beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, children. So, at Wayland's Wonders, we'll flash over. Are you three looking for anything specific? I know you want hand crossbows. Yeah. Um, Drum, you just kind of looking around, browsing. Yeah. Uh, Megan. Um, I'm trying to find something specific to bring back to the Arcanium because it's a whole reason I came here. Okay, what are... the de- Like, you guys kind of walk in simultaneously almost, and the desk from the back just kind of zooms up to you, and she's like, hey, what do you need? I don't remember what her voice was. It was earlier today. <laughs> That's about right. Okay, good. What you looking for? Hands crossbows. Birdman! <laughs> Mr. Birdman. I don't need more Birdman. I am a Birdman. Harvey Birdman. <laughs> yes, that's my father. <laughs> Mr. Birdman was my father. Um, Esquire. 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 Mr. Bird. Mr. Birdman Esquire. The fourth. His first name was Mr. <laughs> um, is Gur's last name Birdman? <laughs> he doesn't have a last name. Okay. Birdman now. <laughs> so, um, specifically, what kind of enhancements are you looking on a crossbow? Just like maybe better pl- like a plus one, plus two, plus three thing? Uh, or elemental damage? Or... Uh, let me think upon that. You think upon that. <laughs> you said you were here for something specific, yes? Yes. What? What is? I take out a piece of paper and just hand it to her. Oh, thanks for making me do all the work. <laughs> um, she opens the piece of paper and it says MacGuffin and she closes it. <laughs> Um, she, she says, ah, yes, we have that right over here under, uh, conveniently placed items on the left. <laughs> and the, the desk kind of zooms over that way. She grabs something blurry and brings it back to you. And she's like, that'll be ten flip-flops. <laughs> and take the item of air. Okay, you lose ten flip-flops. Um, Which is about 3,500 gold. <laughs> yeah, it's about, it's about a thousand gold pieces. No, I'm joking. You, you pay her. You got the thing you needed to return to the Arcanium. And then I guess while I'm here, if there's anything that you would recommend that I might need. Um, you've got robes, you've got a cloak, you've got a staff. Um, I think you have all you need right now. But she would recommend lots of things because she wants you to buy more things. Um, she kind of looks at you and she's like, you don't really wear, like, a lot of armor. She's like, I've got, like, this huge fucking helmet I can put on your head. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to work for me. Oh. Um. Maybe if you had some jewelry. You want, like, a, um. How about, how about, like, a, uh, how about, like, a, a vial of iridescent purple liquid? 
What does it do? Don't know. Want to find out? <laughs> put sure. It, put it in your mouth. No. <laughs> I'll drink some. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Iridescent purple, my favorite color. And flute. I love purple drink. You ever you ever remember drinking something and just being like, ah, yes, this tastes like a color. Um. Let's see. Oh, wait. I actually do have things that she has. I've got a whole list of things. It's like that weird drink that I that I got that one time at that gas station in Franklinton. Uh-huh. That was just called, like, blue. That was the flavor. <laughs> oh, God, there was a lot of things like that in Japan. You go to a vending machine, and, like, you open it up, and it's all, like, yellow drink, and you're like, all right, let's see what this is. <laughs> you said jewelry. Yeah. She brings, she, like, zooms off for a second into the section labeled R for rings and robes and other R things. Rapiers. Okay. Uh, she comes back and she's got this tiny ring and the band is like green vines and then there's a bright red rose on top and she's like want to see something cool she puts it on and then like she snaps her fingers and a fully bloomed red rose appears in her hand she's like it's the tuxedo mask ring it's very weird and she snaps her fingers again and it disappears that's all it does I want it. 25 gold. Does it turn into a rose when you... Snap your fingers, the ring is still there, and you have a rose. And you can throw the rose and snap your fingers, and another rose appears. It's like a little parlor trick. It doesn't require attunement or anything. Uh, It's just, it's called the Ring of Roses. From Griffin Saddlebag on the internet. (laughs) Oh, the next page had actual useful rings. Oh well, you bought it, 25 gold. (laughs) <laughs> no retcon. No. Yep. Nope. No returns. Don't okay. use that. Don't use the thorns to hurt people for political reasons. Oh, and then she has to pull out the card and read it to you guys, and she does so, and then puts it away. Um. Would you be willing to get something like that? Let's see. Um. Michael, as you mentioned, she wants uh, to give you, like, you want a crossbow. So she goes over into the session, section, I'm sorry, hand crossbow. Yes. She uh, goes over into the section labeled H, which is also where his arm was, because it had a hand attached. Ah. So, um, you could always take off more. You know, you don't want to have to put an ha- arm with a hand under A for arm. Yeah. If someone just needs a hand, well, you could take the rest of their arm off. Yeah. Charge them more, because you're giving them more. But you're receiving more, you're receiving the rest of the arm. Yeah. <laughs> for more um, money. So she yes. uh, she zooms off into H and comes back with this uh, crossbow, hand crossbow. I'm going to read you the stats that you gave me. Okay. Um, it's called Whisper. Mm-hmm. It is a plus one to attack and damage. While you wield Whisper, you gain dark vision at a range of 60 feet. If you already have dark vision, you get an extra 60 feet. I'm sorry. If you already have dark vision of 60 feet or greater, you add 30 feet to the range of your dark vision. Well, I don't have dark vision. So, so you get perfect. regular dark vision. Uh, you can communicate tel- uh, telepathically with any willing creature you can see within 30 feet. Uh, while you are hidden or invisible, your attacks with this weapon deal psychic damage instead of any other kind of damage it would normally deal. And as a bonus action, you can roll a DC 15 concentration check. If you succeed, you make th- you make this round... Oh, sorry, I skipped a whole word. If you succeed, attacks you make this round do not end your invisibility or reveal your uh, position if they otherwise would. If you fail, you can choose not to make attacks. 
All right. Hmm. So for plus one, super cool invisible bow, uh, 1,500. My lady, <laughs> I like to roll persuasion. Okay. You win. Yeah. <laughs> you win. Okay. She'll drop it by 500. Okay, cool. Which is also Here. 33%. I started pulling a thing of one, two, three. <laughs> it must be weird, like, when you're in a world and something costs thousands of gold, and, like, the highest denomination you have is a platinum, which is literally a $10 bill. Like, you're going out and paying, like, 3,000 gold in $10 bills, basically. Like, one, two, three, four, five. That is weird. I just assume you hand them a, just a smaller sack out of your bigger sack. <laughs> I've already portioned this out, trust me. <laughs> so about ten minutes later, 999, a thousand. Alright. Um, Sam, are you looking for anything? I was, I didn't even come inside. I'm actually oh, you're just outside? Yes. Okay. Um, do you guys have any other business to tend to in Wayland's <coughs> Wonders? No, that's it. A... I hand him a rose. You hand Michael a rose? Yes. Oh, thank you. 24, <laughs> 24 hours later, it disintegrates into dust. Just yeah, well, I just ate it, so... You just ate dust. <laughs> I'm a herbivore. Also a fishivore. Yes. I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> so, um, Drom is outside. Squall is walking past Wayland's Wonders right now as you two exit. Everyone rolled Perception. Ooh, that's a good one. That's can a I good use my one. passive? Mm, sure. Yes, you can use your passive. <laughs> I will 20, also do so. Two. 22. 11. 11. 17. 17. 25. 25. Alright. With the lowest being 11, I will give you all this. Um, You all hear a blood-curdling scream. Um, As you look around... You see a group of four or five what appear to be armored humanoids. They're they're kind of in the distance, so you can't really tell what kind what race they are, but they appear to have shiny bits on them, so it's at least armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's coming from a house that flies King Mora's flag. As you leave Wayland's Wonders, you see it bears no flag. Most of the businesses don't. Um, what do you do? We'll just go around the table. Uh, Michael, what does Gar do when there are uh, armory looking people attacking people? You hear screams. I'm going to like meld into the shadows. <laughs> Mask of the Wild. No. Uh, that's a 16 plus 7. That is 23. 23. Stealth? Yeah, I'm gonna like hip and like slide into an alley or something. Okay, and like around the corner. Like. Are you gonna head towards them or are you just hiding? Oh, I thought they were like around us. And we they're just... they're about they're a distance enough away that you can't tell what race they are. Okay, I'm gonna like approach them stealthily then. Okay, Drawn. I'm gonna see what Amaryllis does. All right, we're gonna go to Squall. Uh, I see the uh, so get this straight. What's on the flags that they carry? So no, they're not carrying flags. Each oh. house. Okay. Like this is a this is a city torn apart by politics. Okay. Um some of them fly no flags, like the businesses like to tend to cater to as many people as they can so they get more money. Um but like houses either fly King Mora's flag or Cedric's flag. And the the house that is that you heard the scream come from 
is Flying King Morris flag. I'm running to the, the house that's Flying King Morris. You're going to run that way. Um, Mrs. Knox, you've been married since last we spoke. Um, <laughs> what do what doth thou do? So they're attacking people? Looks like it. People are screaming. It's not them who are screaming. Not even joyful screaming? No. Uh-huh. Woo! We're being murdered! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! We're committing murder! Yes. I'm sorry, how far away am I from that house? We're going to say you're like, I don't know, 200 feet? 200 feet's good. And... We're not in, in initiative yet, okay, so I know don't, I'm just saying, don't worry about rounds or anything. No, I'm right? like, I'm asking about divine sense. Because that's 30 feet, right? If I'm it's correct. 60. 60. 60. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you, yeah. I'm running there. Miss Knox, you've been divorced since last we spoke. <laughs> Separated. Um, what what do you do? Try and get closer. So you're going to head that way? Yeah. Okay. Just stealthing or just... Uh, I will do my best. I'm just curious. Oh. 18. Okay. You are not as stealthy as this dude, but you're also not a rogue. So, you're doing your best. As you all get closer, yes, Drum is following. As you all get closer, you tend to, you get to be able to make out the uh, figures. Um, there are four of them. Three of them are, uh, wooden, metal, construct-y type things that you would recall are called Warforged. The other appears to be like maybe a fallen Asimar female. Um, purpley, pale purple skin, dark black hair. Um... And she seems to be the one in the back giving the orders as they pull these people out of their house. And you see one of the Warforged has this woman in her arm, in his, like, in his hand, and he's pulling her out of the house. And he flicks up his Swiss Army hand, and uh, this fucking longsword pops out, and he just stabs her right in the heart and drops her. Go, go. At that point, point, wow, at, that point <laughs> at that point, we'll see you next week. Congratulations, we've made it to the end of episode one of Metal and Magic Reforged. With that being said, everybody, like us on Facebook at Metal and Magic Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Metal and Magic Pod. On Instagram at Metal underscore and underscore Magic underscore Podcast. Find us out there in the internet ether and tell us hi. Give us some, uh, you know, criticism. Constructive, of course. Uh, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the story that we have crafted for Reforged. It's something that I've been working on for a little while now. Um, We're glad to have Anthony back, and we're glad to introduce you to these new characters and the new player, uh, Sam, my cousin. So with that being said, everybody, we're glad you're out there. We're happy you're listening. Have a magical night and a magical life.